Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours. Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former NFL Pro Bowl running back turned actor, and now you're listening to The Jake Brown Show. Welcome to The Jake Brown Show, radio.com, iTunes, and Spotify is where you find us. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio and follow the show at Jake Brown Show. The AFC Championship, the NFC Championship coming on Sunday. Uh, we had George Reister on the show, former Jaguars tight end. Now joining us is a former running back and uh, one of my favorites as a Jets fan myself uh, in the backfield with the Jets. He's a former pro bowler there. You, you caught him with the Bears, the Bucks, the Cardinals, and the Chiefs as well. It's Thomas Jones, the former running back turned actor, now joining us on the show. Thomas, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on the show, brother. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Uh Obviously, we were tweeting about taking you from the Pro Bowl uh, to the what was it, the Golden Globes or whatever it was. Uh, so yeah, Oscars, Oscars, the Oscars, <laughs> right? Trip to either the Oscars. One, either one will do, bro. Either one will do. Exactly. Now, how did that? Now you're acting now. You said you're out in Hawaii, uh, shooting Hawaii Five O. Of course, CBS, part of the family. Uh, how did you transition to acting uh, from your NFL career when you ended in 2011? It just kind of happened, honestly. I never really had any aspirations being being an actor, but I had a production company and I worked with artists and musicians. And when I retired, uh, I added a films division just to kind of expand the company and started working on a project in Miami that was kind of a you know lower budget kind of uh, mom and pops kind of thing. But uh, you know, I started acting in it. Uh, Clifton Powell was in it. Michael Blackson was in it. And so, you know, I started to really uh, enjoy acting, and I, and I thought it was just something cool because it was so different than football. And uh, and also being a producer on it was really cool because I started to learn so many different things about Hollywood and the industry and just, you know, the behind-the-scenes uh, elements of, of a TV show that I thought were really interesting. And uh, the publicist on the show saw me and, and um, you know, said, you have some talent. I think you could really do this for real. And I was like, nah, you know, I don't want to move to L.A. I don't want to move to New York. I live in Miami. You know, I'm I'm good. But she convinced me to go find an agent. And uh, and I, so I went and I found an agent. And then um, my my agent at the time, uh, I was with, signed with um, ITA in, out, of, out of New York. Mm-hmm. And um, they started sending me on auditions. And they just kept pushing me because there were times that I didn't even go. You know what I mean? Like I literally would have to fly to LA for an audition. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going, because I just wasn't really into it that much. But they kept pushing me, and eventually I uh, started to go, and I started booking, and here I am now. And weren't you in a scene in Straight Outta Compton? Yeah, I was. Uh, I, it was crazy because um, that was when I first um, actually moved to LA. I moved to LA uh, in July of. 2014 and um i had been cast for uh i had done an episode of shameless on showtime and i had filmed three episodes of this tv series on bet called being mary jane uh and i was playing gabrielle union's love interest so those are really the only two things i had done 
And then the role for Straight Outta Compton, uh, it was a late role that, that they just added in, in uh, later on in, as they were shooting. And I went in and read for it. There were maybe 40 people in there besides me. And uh, they called me the next day and said, you booked the role. And next you know, I was on set shooting. And uh, obviously the movie did really, really well. I wasn't, I mean, at that point, I was really super green in the industry. I didn't really think that much about about it. You know, mm -hmm. I was just I was just going on auditions. Whatever audition my agent was sending me on, I would just go out and try to book it. And, um, yeah, obviously that ended up being a really big movie and a great opportunity for me. So it was, I'm really proud of it. And you know how many people, and you mentioned Gabrielle Union before, you were a love interest in reality or non-reality, which they were a love interest of Gabrielle Union. Uh, obviously, uh, Dwayne Wade is a very lucky man to have her. Yeah, definitely. She's an incredible <laughs> actress, beautiful, smart. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, she's, you know, she's a, she's, she's a great person. You know, she's, um, you know, she's definitely, uh, definitely someone that you would want it to have your, you know, first, you know, opportunities as an actor with, because, you know, she, she's been in the game for a long time and, um, and it was, it was a lot of fun, you know, but, but I learned a lot as well. I learned a lot from that show and working with her and, and, um, and, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity that I had. Take us through this year and what you're doing with acting. And you're in Hawaii now. Um, what's going on with it this year? You have the app coming out. Uh, take us through. you got a busy 2018 lined up. Yeah, I have a busy 2018 lined up because, you know, I've been working hard over the last few years. I retired in uh, my last season was 2011. And I officially started acting officially in 2014 when I moved to L.A. and uh, and got into uh, two actor studios and um, really started to take it seriously. And uh, I shot my own, um, I shot my own film called uh, Violent Man, where I, uh, my character I play an MMA fighter that, that's accused of murder, and I executive produced it through my production company IME Films. We shot that in um, 2016, the end of the year. Uh, Denise Richards is in it. Chuck Liddell is in it. Bruce Davison, uh, Isak Tabankale. Uh, it's a really, really good cast. And uh, we just sold it to Sony. So it'll be um, in theaters this summer and on video on demand. So people will be able to actually go to the theaters and check it out this summer. And I'll make sure I keep you posted on the release date. Um, I shot... Uh, a TV series, um, a pilot episode, which is basically one full episode of a show called Johnson. And basically it's, uh, it's another uh, project through my production company, IME Films, and my producer partner, Daisy LeRae, his production company, Artist Star Entertainment. And it's about four guys and all of our relationship issues. So one guy's married, um, but he's getting a divorce. Uh, another guy has uh, a problem with his uh, girlfriend, as far as, uh, you know, moving forward, taking the next step, another guy, um, you know, his wife just not doesn't connect with his friends who are, you know, me and the other guys. And then one guy is in love with uh, a model, but, you know, she's kind of way out of his league. So it's a pretty cool concept. We shot a pilot episode now. We're shopping that to networks. And um, I have two other scripts that are, are written that we're in pre-production on now. So... Yeah, man, I'm staying busy. I'm over here right now shooting uh, Y50. Yeah, it's really dope. I've been over here. God, I just flew in yesterday. I'll be here to next week shooting an episode. It'll air next month. 
which is which is great. So I mean, obviously, a great show on CBS. So yeah, I'm staying busy, man. Cool. From from Big Stone Gap, Virginia to Hollywood. Who would have thought? That's like that's the zero to hundred story from a small town of Virginia to Hollywood drinking Starbucks with your pinky out, right? <laughs> I, I, I haven't I, I haven't gotten to the pinky out part yet, but <laughs> but I'm definitely I'm I'm definitely in in, uh, in Hollywood. And I make a couple of stops to Starbucks every once in a while. But no, I mean you know my town is very small, but um, there's a lot of talented people in my area of Virginia, where I'm from in Virginia, and, and uh, you know I was able to you know get a football scholarship and then you know make it to the NFL and play for 12 years and uh, and and have a successful career and. Uh, you know, and now, you know, I'm in Hollywood, you know, the thing about me is I've, I've always tried to be, um, good at everything I've done. You know, I don't, I, and I, and I've never labeled myself, you know, I wasn't, when I played football, I was a football player. When I wasn't playing football, I wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm an actor now when I'm on set, but when I'm not, I'm not an actor, you know, it's all about what I'm doing at the time. So I don't, I, I've never labeled myself or put myself in a box or marginalized my abilities. Um, I just take on whatever challenge it is and, and I study the craft and, and I'm try to be as prepared as possible and then uh you know the chips fall where they may yeah and, and you take a lot of hits in the nfl uh you, you were in the league from 2000 2011 but you take hits in acting too and my brother who's an aspiring actor and he was in a short film i believe with denzel washington's daughter um and and he's done so he did endless he's doing endless auditions uh you got to take a lot of no's and it's a tough industry just like radio everyone wants to talk sports and get paid for it everyone wants to act and get paid for it, but there's there's a lot of no's and a lot of rejections that you have to go through, and and you got to take small roles at first, and maybe you, you only have one line or you have no line or you're an extra, uh, but you really got to grind in that industry just like you had to do in the NFL. Same thing, you're exactly right. It's, uh, you know, they're, li- they're little little victories, man. You know, a lot of times, you know people see actors on TV or they see someone's career take off and they think, wow, they just came out of nowhere. And it's like, what do they say? It takes 10 years to make an overnight success. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's definitely true out here in Hollywood. I mean, I've been fortunate to work on some pretty big projects early in my career, but, um, you know, I know that that's, you know, it's all about what you've worked on last, you know, same thing in the NFL. How, how good were you? How you're only as good as your last game. It's the same thing in Hollywood. So, yeah, I mean, I've been told no, probably 96, 97% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just have to have mental toughness and, and ambition and really dedication to to stick with it because it can get discouraging at times depending on what you're trying to do. And, you know, I've been an actor's studio, an actor's studio for the last three and a half years, and I've seen some incredible actors in in those acting classes that, you know, some of them can't even get an agent or a manager, um, let alone book a role on a TV series or a movie and you know you, you constantly see people just get discouraged and depressed over it because they really love the craft and they just don't get a chance to show their ability so yeah it's a very tough tough industry man super tough but uh the good thing about coming from football is that you know i've, I've focused on uh, having a long career and playing well at a, at a high level for a long time and that's pretty much in my dna at this point and and that's all i know so, uh, yeah, man, you know, I'm not going to stop, you know, now I actually have the, the, the acting bug. I love acting and mm-hmm. I love the, 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 the craft. I love what it's done for me in my post football life. I mean, it's really brought me back to earth as far as just making me more of a human person, mm-hmm. a human being, as opposed to being kind of this kind of savage, uh, 
person that had to be playing football. So it's really dope. And, and it's, it's unique because you see a lot of guys and their career ends and they're not sure what path to take. Some uh, battle symptoms of CTE or whatever it may be or guys dealing with severe injuries, knee injuries, torn ACLs, whatever it is. Uh, and that transition to the after NFL career, post NFL life, is not always simple, but it seems that you've carved a pretty good path here um, that could last a good amount of time, and not every player, and I'm sure a lot of former teammates that you played with, are able to do the same. Yeah, it's very hard. It really is. Because you, get you love the game. Go. You have passion for the game. You don't want to leave, and then it's over, and you don't know what to do. Yeah, you're right. You don't, you don't, a lot of guys, I mean, and the thing about being an NFL player is that you don't have time to focus on anything else. The minute you start focusing on something else is when you're either going to get hurt or you're not going to you're not going to be focused enough to play at a high level. Mm-hmm. And then someone's right behind you to take your job. So, you know, you constantly have to be dialed in and focused in at all times because the stakes are very, very high. They're, 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 there's never a time where the stakes are low. As soon as you sign your contract, it's, it's you know, it's on. And, <clears throat> and a lot of people don't understand that. You know, they think it's just the same game that you played since you were a kid. It's not. It's, it becomes a job. You know, um, your, your your accountability and responsibility now all of a sudden just literally goes through the roof. And um, and then, you know, once you retire, if you haven't, if you don't have another love or passion for something else, it's hard to just kind of find something. You know, it's very hard to do that because you have to be very, very, very passionate about football to, to, to play, knowing the consequences and the things that could go wrong, and you're still willing to play and give everything you have. So it is hard, but for me, it's been great. Like I said, it's been therapeutic for me. You know, I was able to use acting and the technique that I've been trained to do uh, to deal with all the issues in my life and things that you don't want to deal with and, 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 you know, relationship issues, family issues, things that you kind of put to the side. I've learned to, to use all of those experiences and put them into my characters, and which in turn has become kind of therapy, and it's helped me move forward. Do you miss the game? No. Not at all. Really, I don't. I don't miss it at all. I mean, if I wasn't playing, if I wasn't an actor, yeah, I definitely would. But because I'm just so, you know, uh, caught up in the, into to what I'm doing as far as producing and acting and trying to become a better actor, trying to become a better producer, trying to book gig after gig, trying to get funding, financing for my films from other companies, trying to collaborate with other people. There's just never time to miss it to miss it uh you know i went to the gym the other day and, and someone was like hey you know they recognized me and was like hey thomas jones i said yeah they were like well, i figured you'd be watching the game i was like nah and they were like well who do you think's going to win and i was like i honestly was like well who, who's playing huh. and he, they started laughing they were like yeah right and i'm like who who's like who's in it because i didn't know I didn't know because honestly, like I live in LA, I live right in Hollywood. They have the charges and the Rams, but they're like on the outskirts. So, you know, you don't really hear much about them in Hollywood. That's kind of on the outskirts. Um, Hollywood is, you know, for entertainment, actors, dancers, uh, singers, musicians, Mm -hmm. like that's Hollywood. You see billboards. You don't really see Rams or Chargers billboards. You know, you see billboards of movies and TV shows. And And if it were anything, it'd be more Dodgers. I think it's a Dodgers town. Yeah. And Lakers. Yeah, yeah, it is. I just don't, you know, I'm not really a baseball fan, so mm-hmm. I don't really even follow baseball. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just very, very far removed from the game. Um, physically, you know, my body took a beating, man. I, I suffer from a lot of 
injuries that, that I sustained playing football, man. And, uh, um, you know, I'm just far removed from it, man. So you don't, you don't watch, you don't, you haven't been watching the playoffs at all. No, I don't. I mean, I, I honestly speaking, the first time I really stopped watching the playoffs was when we lost the Super Bowl. I mean, that was kind of my like playoff demise because it was like, wow, you know, we didn't win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I made it to the playoffs two more seasons after that Super Bowl loss. Um, so every year that I didn't make it to the playoffs, you know, I, I just didn't watch because it was just too painful to watch, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, but now that I'm an actor, you know, over the last three years, I just haven't had any interest. I mean, I literally would get anxiety when the playoffs would come. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it would bring back just memories. And literally on Super Bowl Sunday, four or five of us would reach out to each other and say, how do we lose that game? How do we lose the Super Bowl? I mean, we all still suffer from kind of, I guess, uh, the anxiety of it. But but now, you know, because I'm because I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm focused in acting in Hollywood like I was focused in football, I don't think about it. But so. do you know who's playing this weekend or no? Uh, the Eagles, obviously I know the Eagles and the, uh, Vikings, I heard about the Vikings play and the Patriots and the, uh, Jaguars, but that's mainly because I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I, I haven't seen anything. Can't on, be Twitter. I, Always a great news source. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen anything on TV. Like I haven't seen like my TV. I have my TV in my apartment, but it's barely, it's barely on. Um, I, I don't like, uh, I don't really go to like sports bars and things like that. Um, uh, if it wasn't for Twitter, I wouldn't know. So you've really gone Hollywood on us, TJ. Like, really? <laughs> oh, man. I, I want to ask no, you, you for a prediction of the games. I don't know. You can't, you can't put it like that, though. No. You can't put it like that. Not in a bad I mean, way, but... <laughs> I mean, I'm in, I mean, this is what I do, and, and you have to be this I respect focused. it. Otherwise, you know, I mean, you're going to waste a lot of time, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, I have a house in Miami. That's where my house is. But, you know, I have an apartment here. Uh, you know, I'm making moves out here, you know. So, you know, I mean, to get an ROI, man, you have to succeed. So, uh, you know, you have to be focused on what you're doing. Otherwise, you're just kind of here. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. There's just way too much competition to just be here, you know, way too much competition. Thomas Jones joining us on the Jake Brown Show. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Thomas Jones RB. Uh, and you have an app coming out in a few weeks, Castar. Tell us about the app exactly. Yeah, it's a mobile app called Castar, uh, C-A-S-T-E-R. And basically, uh, I created this idea on my couch um, in Miami about four years ago. And um, it's an app for talent, basically, for casting for talent. Because a lot of people, you know, they are in, in they want to get in the industry. They either want to be a music video director, a film director. They want to be an actor, a singer, a musician. But they don't really know how to get started. And um, so the app is available for people in the Los Angeles area to start and then we'll expand it. But basically it gives people that are looking for an opportunity to get in the industry, you know, who have a short film they want to direct or produce or act in or a music video or, um, you know, even if a major casting director that wants to find talent that doesn't have an agent, you know, it gives them a platform where they can go and connect with each other. So basically, you apply, you uh, you post the, someone posts a gig. If you like the gig that you see, then you submit uh, your portfolio to it, which will be all of your information, your resume, headshots. We give you uh, ten opportunities. You get either ten pictures and ten videos, sixty-second videos, or you can audition specifically for the role. 
um, and there's a fee for some of the extra perks. Mm -hmm. So that's the app. It's called Castar. The website is castarapp.com, C-A-S-T-A-R-A-P-P.com. And um, and uh, the, the social media handle is the same thing, Castar App, and we'll be launching it within the next two weeks. So oh. by February, it'll be live and available in the uh, in the uh, App Store. It's not available for iOS, for Android Android phones, or the Google Play Store. But you, if you have an iPhone, you can you can get it. I'll have to get my brother on there. He's going to be moving to Atlanta this summer. He's in North Carolina now with my family. Um, I guess Atlanta has more movie studio, studios and stuff you could do. Uh, all that stuff in, but he he's grinding, man. You know, he's he's doing the waiter audition life while he's he's waiting tables to pay the bills, and then um, audition for a bunch of stuff. He auditioned for a Netflix movie uh, recently, and uh, he was in a tax act commercial that came on during the NFL playoffs on NBC last year, the year before. Um, so he's done done a couple commercials as well, but. Uh, okay. it, it's a grind. Um, I'll, I'll say I don't think he's. <laughs> hopefully, he doesn't hear this, but he's not tremendous looking. I would say I'm. I'm probably a little better looking than he is. Um, <laughs> not to take a shot of my brother, uh, but the problem is he's not a great singer. If he could sing, he'd be in better shape. But he can't really sing that well. Um, I hate to say it, but I think he knows it. Uh, but if, if you could sing and look good, you're pretty much set. Well, I mean, nowadays you don't even have to be able to sing. All you have to do is look good, and you might be said. That's unfortunately some of the authenticity in art right, has it's, it's been has uh, been diminished, man. But you know that's that's the time we live in, man. So got to you know win in Rome. So that's what the app is for. You know, it's for yeah. people anyone, whether you have talent or whether you don't. I mean, it gives you a chance, and that's all that people can ask for is an opportunity. Yep, man. I'll also show him. He, my, he sure has talent. I just don't think he's a voice. But I, hey, we'll see. Uh, he's 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 grinding. Um, your last year with the Jets, uh, they get rid of you and bring Ladanian Tomlinson in. How did you feel after that? Because you killed it. In 2009 season, 14 or two yards, 14 touchdowns. You were dynamic. It was the best year of your career. And then the Jets, it, probably for contractual reasons, uh, didn't bring you back. Was that kind of like a shot in the heart to you after the great season you had and you guys made the AFC Championship? Um, Yeah, definitely. I mean, I personally, you know, I, I mean, I love being in New York. I love the Jets. I love the Jets fans. I mm -hmm. love the teammates. It was, you know, I I I got there in 2007 when we were four and twelve, and then you know I was there and helped rebuild. You know, the next year we were nine and seven, and the next year we were in the AFC Championship game, one game away from the Super Bowl. So yeah, definitely, it's kind of like a you know, it, it, it's tough to leave an environment like the same thing with the Bears. You know, my my first year in Chicago, we were five and eleven. Uh, the next year we were. Uh, Eleven and five, and uh, we were beating the divisional game against uh, the, the uh, Panthers. And in the next year, you know, we were thirteen and three, and in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And then I was traded to the Jets. So, I mean, I've always been almost kind of like the guy that you know helps rebuild the team, and then you know they get rid of you because they owe you money. But that's part of the business. So I never took it personally, man. You know, I was great. I was happy that I had a chance to play in New York. I was happy I had a chance to play in Chicago. Uh, Tampa Bay, I was happy to play there, Kansas City, and even Arizona, as tough as things started. You know, I think if I would have been able to get off to a better start, I'd had more yards. I mean, I had still ended up with about 10,600 yards, mm -hmm. you know, despite, you know, starting off pretty horrible. But I wouldn't change that for anything because that experience just made me stronger, made me 
stronger as a man, as a football player, and it just made me more determined, um, you know, to uh, to to excel. So that's the business, man. You know, uh, yeah. you have to be prepared wherever you go. Yeah, and it was coming off your best year. You understand, and LT, obviously, Hall of Famer, um, you can't go wrong there. But you had a unique stretch when it was, went from the Bears – to the Jets. You go from making a Super Bowl and Rex Grossman is your quarterback. I mean, think about that. You you go from Rex Grossman, you come to the Jets, it's Chad, and then he gets her, it's Kellen Clemens, uh, and then you go from there to Mark Sanchez. Uh, that's a wild ride to go from some very average to below average quarterbacks uh, and different coaches and, and just a huge change of scenery, Chicago to New York. Uh, that must have been an intriguing time of your career with a lot going on. Yeah, it was, man. It was very intriguing. I mean, you know, like I said, starting off as tough as I started off and then to find yourself in that position was pretty incredible. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you go from the worst point of your life to the best point of your life, it's it's the stuff in between, mm-hmm. you know, that you remember. And, and that's what I remember about that time. You know, it just, I really grew a lot just you know, not only as a, as a as a as a football player, but just as a person, because you really have to push yourself to overcome a lot of those obstacles and overcome people's opinions of you. And you know, I mean, I started off they were literally labeled as a bust, hmm. and I never really that, that I mean, just despite the numbers that I was put still putting up, you know, it, people were still remembering Arizona. You know, a commentator would say, you know, Thomas Jones, you know, rips off a fifty nine yarder, you know. A bust in Arizona. It's like I just ran a fifty-nine yard run, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like you know, you had to. Con- I had to constantly continue to prove myself over and over again, and I think that that's why you know I didn't get as much fanfare as some of the other guys because of how I started, because my numbers were right there with everyone else's. Yeah, and you also when you went to the Bears and Jets, you finally got to start games, and you started almost every game uh, with both those teams with with essentially no major injuries, um, which is impressive. And for a lot of your career, Thomas, you didn't have a lot of injuries, which you look in today's day and age, running backs, you know how hard it is to continually uh, stay healthy. And for, for the majority of your career, uh, you were out on the field. Yeah, it is very hard. Uh, it's tough. you know. It's And at that point, it becomes more about your mental toughness because you're going to get hurt. You're going to be hurt. You're going to – I mean, once you start training camp, you're never – going to be healthy never, mm-hmm. never there's no such thing as 100 percent in the nfl uh you know you just have to mentally be able to find a way to fight through the injury you have to physically you know do everything you can to stay at the facility stay in the cold tub stay in treatment um stay taking anti-inflammatories i mean you have to do and you have to fight just as hard to get to the game as you do have to play in the game mm-hmm. and uh yeah, man. I mean, I played in a lot of football games, and and that uh, on a couple of teams, a couple of seasons, there were only two running backs on the whole team. Everyone else was hurt. I mean, mm-hmm. it was that way in uh, in in Chicago for uh, and a few two, a few years. Um, I think Benson was hurt, and then it was only me and Adrian Peterson. And then my first year, they made Anthony Thomas inactive, so it was only me and Peterson, Adrian Peterson. So you're talking about in warmups, there's only two running backs. Tailbacks, and then there's one fullback. At the Jets, they actually got rid of all of they they got rid of all our fullbacks and just used the tight ends. If we needed a two back formation, they just used to put a tight end back there. So it was only me and Leon, Leon Washington. Leon, so that's right. Time, yeah. 
it was just me and Leon. So huh. me and you know, you talking about running back, running back, the running back meeting would be just me and Leon. Well, it was Sean yeah. Green on that team, or Sean Green was the year when you left? No, no he wasn't there. Okay. in seven. He was there my last year. Yeah, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm telling you. Like there were certain seasons that it was just me and Leon. Yeah. Um, you know, and or me and Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's it's yeah, man. At that time, it was a little different. You know, I guess now they throw the ball more. It's more of a passing league and whatever. But um, yeah, when I played, I mean, there were. It was basically, man, three yards in a cloud of dust mentality, and there were a lot of backs that were rushing for over a thousand yards, and there was a lot of fierce competition every season as to who was going to come out in the top five, top six backs, Pro Bowl, like fierce, fierce competition. And I'm an idiot because I'm talking about the quarterbacks, and I completely forget the one year that you played with freaking Brett Favre uh, in 2008. What was that experience like? I mean, the the off season just wild. How Brett comes back and comes to the Jets of all teams. And I remember the the second the signing happened, I ordered a jersey. A uh, good first half. Then he was clearly gassed and uh, kind of a collapse in the second half. What was the experience playing with Brett like? It was incredible, man. Brett was a great quarterback. I mean, I, I played against him for years at Chicago. I mean, and I, I, I you know, I, I recognized who he was and the kind of player he was. Obviously, Hall of Fame, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever to play the game. Um, but it was a lot of fun, man. He made he made it fun that season because the year before that, we, you know, we were four and twelve, and you know, we'd kind of gone through this whole quarterback circus. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, he came the next year and and. Uh, you know, he played well, you know, at times. And then, uh, you know, I think towards the end of the season, you know, I think he just physically wore down. I think he had an injury or something. I don't mm. know. But but it was a great experience, you know, because I played against him for three straight years in Chicago. And, you know, the guy, I mean, he's a gunslinger, man. You know, that's one thing you can say about him. He's going to go down swinging. And that's what he did. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun working with Brett. Was he able to get you some free Wrangler jeans at all? Uh, I never asked him. Uh, I thought for Christmas uh, he'd maybe give the whole team a pair of jeans or something. No, he he never did that. Or, you know, uh, I would have asked him for one of those elbow sleeve things that he, uh, that he, uh, markets now. I guess it's it's like an elbow sleeve uh, or a knee sleeve thing because I always wore a knee sleeve and elbow sleeve. I would have, I would have preferred one of those over the jeans. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. I don't think the jeans would have got much wear out of me. So. Yeah. Well, at least you got the jeans are better than I guess he was sending some pictures to Jen Sturger. That would have. You don't want to get one of those in your inbox and in your phone. You know that. Uh, yeah, uh, Brett no, Favre yeah. dick pic get saved in your phone would be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd, probably, I'd probably have to change. I'd change my number. Maybe. Speaking of circus, you said before. Rex Ryan comes to town, and that team was one of my favorite Jets teams. Uh, I was 18 years old at the time. I think it was my freshman year of college at Hofstra. And you guys go on this crazy run. Uh, I was there in that game where you had to beat the Bengals, winning in, and my God, was it cold. I remember having hand warmers, feet warmers. That game was freezing at the Meadowlands when you beat the Bengals, and then the week after, beat the Bengals again, go to the AFC Championship, lose to the Colts. Take me through that. Just one, the wild season, and two, uh, Rex Ryan coming in, kind of almost as a, a rookie head coach, and and being this guy like everybody get a snack, and just the the whole behind the scenes outlook of Rex Ryan. Rex was one of the best coaches I've ever had. I mean, we all loved him. He was a players' coach, mm-hmm. and the, the epitome of it. And 
that season was very interesting. You know, <laughs> rookie quarterback, you know, you start off doing well, and then, you, you know, it's a very, very up and down season. One minute, you know, you think you're out of playoff contention, and, then, you know, the next minute you're back in playoff contention. It's like, you know, there was a lot going on, you know, but uh, I wasn't there. I, I had a contract situation because I kind of figured they were going to try to release me. So, you know, I, I really had an, a contract issue. So I didn't go to the off-season program. I stayed in um, I stayed in um, Miami and trained. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't there when Rex actually first came to the Jets. I was I was gone. But I came back around minicamp time. And, uh, you know, Rex did a good job of separating himself from the business aspect because, you know, I had an issue with everyone. You know, when I came back, I was pissed at everybody. I was pissed off at Woody. I was pissed off at Mike Tannenbaum. Mm-hmm. Any and everybody that, you know, wasn't a, wasn't a coach or a teammate. Um, you know, I pretty much was furious. Um, but he did a good job of kind of, you know, separating himself from that whole situation. And, and, and we hit it off because, you know, at that point, you know, I was a huge part of the team. I just, I'm coming off the Pro Bowl. You know, I was there when we were four and 12. That's the thing about the NFL, no matter who comes in, whether it's a coach, whether it's a general manager, whoever it is, you know, if you're a player that's been there, that's helped them, you know, rebuild the team and been there and in the trenches, you know, when you get to that team, you know, I don't care who's the coach. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm looking at it like it's my running back group, you know, on offense, you know, I'm a key part of this offense that makes this thing tick. As far as a team leader, you know, I'm a captain. I'm a vocal, the vocal leader of the team. Mm-hmm. These guys will listen to me more quicker than they'll listen to you. So, you know, the, the dynamics of an NFL team are way different than a lot of people know or, or think. And uh, But Rex was open to all of that, and he understood that. and uh, And that's why I think we were able to, get along and do well that year um playoff wise yeah i mean it was it was an incredible run one game away from the super bowl but um you know that was the hardest part about leaving is that you know i, I felt like i was a huge part of rebuilding that whole situation and then kind of to get the axe right when mm-hmm. you, you start to really feel like it's turning is you know that's the part that really kind of stings yeah and i want to take a step back i know you got you got to go in a bit a couple more minutes with thomas jones here on the jake brown show uh you mentioned how you were kind of mad at the organization stuff and i feel like this was an issue they had a lot uh, not just with you like with darrell revis when they're trying to do a contract and a lot of guys uh what was it like was did you not have a good relationship with woody johnson were they just being cheap because you're right you had you were i mean you in that defense basically carry that team. Mark Sanchez's numbers were not very good and he was a rookie quarterback. So you you the running game and the defense had to carry that team to the AFC championship. But what was it about that front office that it, it just didn't work out and you came into the year kind of mad? Um just because the business of it, they knew structurally from a contract perspective that, you know, my last year of the deal uh, was was uh, it was back in heavy. Mm-hmm. Um they owed me 6 million. Pretty much in my last year, five point eight million, and um, in my third year, which is the year that I was going into, they owed me a million. So, and they were looking at my age and thinking, well, you know, he's thirty, but I'm like, well, you know, I've had three straight thousand yard seasons. You know, at thirty, I was a starter in the Pro Bowl. Thirty one, you know, I mean, so if they're looking at, at thirty two, we don't want to pay him as much money. But I'm like, you know, well, my trajectory is is gone up. Mm-hmm. You know, physically, you see, I mean, I play hurt. Um, you know, I mean, I'm playing at a high level. I just run branch for 1,300 yards. I come in in the best shape of anyone in the league. 
anyone on the team. <clears throat> I'm a leader. I mean, all the intangible they didn't account for. They just kind of, and so they, and also, you know, they figured they had something in Sean Green and Leon. Um, and so, you know, that was their angle, which I can understand that perspective. But at the same time, you know, the intangibles, you know, those guys follow my lead. I'm the leader of the running back group. I'm a captain on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, fresh off the Pro Bowl at 30 years old, 13. I led the AFC in rushing at 30. I mean, there were no signs of me slowing down at all, I mean, at least for another three, four years. Um, Did if that anybody played hurt? If anybody played hurt, it was me. So you know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to give you everything I have. So, yeah, that's why I was pissed because I just felt like you know, you guys know me, you know what I brought to the table. And even when I signed with the Chiefs, I mean, as I was negotiating my deal with the Chiefs, they called um, my my agent Drew Rosenhaus and tried to renegotiate and and give me the same deal that the Chiefs were were giving me. Hmm. Yeah, I was pretty much kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to take less money from you than I deserve. I mean, you owe me the money that I put the work in for. So, and 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 I, and I never took it personal. You know, I was pissed because I just figured maybe they will give me three million this third year and three million the last year. So at least if they cut me, I get at least two more million. Mm-hmm. I mean, I ran for 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns and made a million dollars. Now, some people are going to complain. It was like, well, you know, a million dollars. It's like a million dollars in comparison to what I should have gotten is chump change. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you did that today, you're getting seven, eight million at least, you would think. Yeah, I mean, you know, in in comparison, you have to be able to compare the money compared to the the job. Yeah, and and I I can't imagine how much better you guys would have been. I mean, they made the AFC Championship the next year, but if you're you're there with – Green and Leon, and I mean that's that's a team that could potentially win the Super Bowl, the eleven and five Jets the next year. Uh, well, the so- next year, you know, I, I went to I went to the Chiefs, and and you know Jamal Charles has fourteen seventy seven or something like that, and I have eight ninety six. Like mm-hmm. I'm, we both almost ran for a thousand yards. I mean, in the same season, mm-hmm. and I think uh, you know we were number one in the league in rushing the year before that. The Jets we were number the one number one in the league in rushing. Um, but I think Ladanian had 900 or something, and he was the leader, maybe eight, 900 something. And he was the leader of the Jets, uh, the Jets leading rusher that year. Yep. So me and him basically had the same amount of yards. The only difference is, you know, Jamal Charles had 1477 on top of my 896. Man, if the Jets had you and LT in the backfield, you know how crazy that would have been? Or, I mean, me and Leon. I mean, you yeah. know, we're number one in the league in rushing already. Yeah. I mean, just. Keep me, Leon, and Tony Richardson, and Sean Green, and you got your guys. You got the same linemen. I mean, they let Alan Fanica go. I think. I mean, they just dismantled the team because you know they want to save money. And, and they and did that this happened. year. I mean, they do. They do that a lot where they dismantle and they rebuild. I can imagine it led to some some shouting matches with Woody Johnson. Who was it? Mike Tannenbaum, the GM then. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, you know, when they released me, they released me the day before I was supposed to get assigned a roster bonus. Oh, I hate when they do that. Three point two million. And yeah. And I knew it was coming, so it was like, you know, we knew it was coming the the, the, the off-season before us, which is why I didn't come to the mm-hmm. off-season program. But, you know, I mean, that's part of the business, and, 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 and you know, I wasn't upset with them. You know, mm-hmm. I knew I had talent. You know, I was upset at the situation. I didn't want to have to go to another team, you know, my fifth team. But, you know what, hey. It is what it is, man. You yep. know, uh, I always looked at it from my from from the beginning of my career. I always looked at the NFL, kind of like you work. You know, you it's like you're uh, you work for a uh, a delivery company. So, you know, one minute I could work for FedEx. If it don't work out, I go to UPS. I mean, it's the same mm-hmm. job, just different uniform. 
Yeah, and I mean, I'm just saying what if, but there's no need for what ifs because you had an amazing uh, 12 seasons oh, no, in the listen, NFL. I would have loved to be that. Trust me, I would have loved to have stayed. Loved to have stayed at the at the uh, the Jets in New York City. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, the greatest. I a, yeah, man, I developed a great relationship with my teammates and a great relationship with Rex, my running backs coach. I mean, I mean, yeah, man. I mean, if I had 13, 1100. I think in in oh seven thirteen hundred in oh eight fourteen hundred in oh nine, you know, and that's the thing. Most of the guys that are in the top twenty five rush years of all time, or that rush for over ten thousand yards, they stayed at their teams for five, six, seven, eight years or more. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I averaged three years per team, so you know, I'm the only one in the top rushers that has had the like. Besides, maybe I think Marcus Allen or you know or, uh, Eric Dixon or something like that, maybe. But you know, later on in their career, they bounced around to a couple different teams. But they were pretty consistent early on in the career. I mean, every third year, I was on a brand new team. Yeah, and that's that's remarkable. I mean, you went from one touchdown of thirteen to fourteen, from eleven hundred to thirteen to fourteen. I mean, you went your numbers skyrocket each year uh and then it ended but hey i mean that's that's business football is a business and uh especially with the jets they they like to cut guys right before they're about to get paid and we yeah, saw it this year well, well that well i think a lot of teams a lot of teams do it because it is a business and that's what people don't understand i mean it's a multi-billion dollar business industry so you have to i mean you have to understand that you know and that's the thing when you come into the nfl you're thinking that it's you know the same thing it was in football football in high school and college and it's just not mm-hmm. i mean this is this is how the owners and these teams make their money and keep you know this is there's a lot on the line here so they're not going to sacrifice you know a, a a player for a salary or money they could save if they could get it somewhere else that's that's the general manager's job the general manager's job is to manage the team manage the money manage the players versus the you know the uh salaries mm-hmm. you know same thing you know with, with me going to the, the chiefs i mean if jamal charles isn't there you know i have 896 yards and jamal charles has four over 1400 in the mm-hmm. same season if, if i'm not there who knows jamal charles may have over 2000 if if jamal isn't there who knows i may have 1600 the mm-hmm. next year you know but so it's just all like a bunch of, you know, hypothetical yeah. you know, speculation. But uh, the NFL is a business, and if you come to the NFL not not understanding that, you're in for a rude awakening. Yeah, and uh, to make it 12 years is, a, is an accomplishment in itself when you see guys a couple of years having to retire or and having to deal with injuries and everything that goes on. Thomas Jones, follow him on Twitter and Instagram, Thomas Jones RB. Cast our app's coming out in a few weeks. Uh, looking forward to uh, catching you in Hawaii 5-0 coming up uh, the next month or so. And uh, appreciate you coming on, man. Enjoy uh, your uh, stay in Hawaii. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. I, I, I love following you on Twitter and in my, my film, A Violent Man. Um, you can look it up, actually, on Google. For sure. Type in A Violent Man. You can see uh, the IMDb, which will bring up you know the pictures and, and the description, which will be dope. The trailers and everything should be out. This summer, I'll keep you posted. And uh, yeah, thanks again for having me on your show, brother. Thanks a lot. Well, I have Movie yeah, Pass you. now, so I could see any movie for free for seven dollars a month. So I will be seeing it. <laughs> well, I don't, okay. Well, I, I hope you show me some love, man, because I I told you I got rent. I got rent to pay out here, man. So of course, of I, course. I, I, I appreciate you showing me some love, man. Send me a couple of dollars on my film. Man. I, that would help me out. <laughs> I got it. And I got to get the popcorn and drench it with butter and everything. So I'll be good. <laughs> and tell your brother I say good luck, too, man, out here in Hollywood. All right, man. Appreciate it. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 